Welcome to episode one of the Prospector Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Matt Scolichardi, host, joined with Jacob Siciliano as the guest today. Jacob, tell us about yourself. So, I'm a junior right now at Prospect High School. I've been playing fantasy football since seventh grade, so it's been about four years now, and I've really taken a passion for it. It's one of my favorite things, and you know, favorite day of the year is definitely draft day, just filled with excitement, and it's something I prepare for for a long time, and I'm really excited to be here today. So Jacob, just a couple of background questions of your fantasy. Um, how many how many years have you? Would you say you won? So, <laughs> I'm I've had a little bit of unluckiness when it comes to fantasy championships. In my four years of playing fantasy football, I have been to three fantasy football championships. Actually, four fantasy football championships, and I have won only one of those. So, but my margin of loss in those other three are less than 10 points, if you were to add them all together. <laughs> so I've had some really bad luck when it's come to the championships, but I've been there every year, pretty much. So a little frustrating, but you have to love it. Yeah, as, as I know, you write your own articles, so you know what you're doing. Just so you, you, Every year you should be in that, fa- in that fantasy football playoffs. Yeah, if you want to check them out, they're over at prospectornow.com. And, I think we just published our, our third one out today. So it's it's kind of like a crew article. A bunch of guys will be writing articles, so you can kind of pick and see whose analysis you like. But I put a lot of time into it, and you know I feel like there's some really good content out there. So today's basis is we're going to be covering how Corona has affected the, is going to affect the fantasy football season coming up. So my first question for you is, what's your draft strategy going to be this year with like Corona? Like, is there players you're not going to pick because of Corona? Or is there players you're looking forward to getting because of just what? What's your thoughts? So when it comes to coronavirus, I'm not picking a player just because I know he's like a big part of your like. I, like I'm not going to not pick Ezekiel Elliott just because he's like a big party guy. I know he already tested positive for it and whatnot, but that's just an example. I'm still going to pick him because obviously every player has a risk of contracting the virus. And I, I recently did an article on this whole thing. My draft strategy, the only thing that changes is I'm still taking the guys that I like, the guys that I feel are, are most valued, but all I'm doing is I'm drafting a lot more handcuffs, right? Because if you look at what happened when Alvin Kamara went down last year, Latavius Murray, his backup running back, was the number one running back in fantasy for a stretch of two weeks ahead of even Christian McCaffrey, right? So obviously players are going to miss time due to COVID. And if you're able to have those backups for your player or even for another player, that could really benefit you in some weeks. So on your bench, you're looking for more of those, like Latavius Murray and then other backup positions more than having another key, like like a Brandon Cooks type player, which it probably won't be in your starting lineup, but he'll be on that bench as like your your third guy. So you're more of that. You're gonna go back up more this year, is what you're saying. So you have to kind of have a balance, in my opinion, at least. And what it comes down to is you want to have those high upside guys like a Will Fuller or a Brandon Cooks, right? Those guys that could break out potentially win you your league, right? Some guys that you're gonna take a shot on late in rounds. But at the same time, you also want to kind of have those those upside picks. Because think about it, if Alvin Kamara goes down with an injury, or let's say Nick Chubb goes down with an injury, Kareem Hunt and Latavius Murray are easily in the top five running back discussion, right? So those are the type of players that could win you your league. I mean, if you look at Le'Veon Bell and James Conner, right? 
people that drafted James Conner and hacked the last round of their drafts in 2018, I believe it was, when Le'Veon Bell held it up, Conner was an RB1. He finishes the RB6 on the year in 2018. I mean, that's the type of stuff that will win you your league. So if you're able to get one or two of these options, like Pollard or Latavius Murray or Hunt, or, there's tons of them out there. You know, you're, you're really hedging your bets because players are going to miss time due to COVID. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. You saw it with the MLB. You've seen it with the NBA. It's going to happen in the NFL. Yeah. Just now, like James Conner, is he's, what, a second-round pick now? He was second, third-round pick, you'd say? Yeah, he's going, he's going in the third, but, I mean, because you just have to factor in it. Injury is baked into his cost at this point. That's why he's going really in the third. He's going later than he usually would. But when he's on the field, he's undoubtedly a top 10 running back. It's all on, it's all on Big Ben if he gets hurt because last year he got hurt and the whole team just went kaplunk on the offense. So. Yeah, that was it's, some of the worst quarterback play I've seen in a while. It's all on Big Ben. Golf. But, uh, yeah, Connor has to stay healthy too, but if he's on the field, he's going to produce. All right, next question for you. Are in your league – or any in any of your leagues, I know you're probably in more than one. Do you, do you guys have new rules because of Corona? Is like there an extra bench spot, or is there like anything like that? So what we're doing is because I'm only the commissioner in one of my leagues right now. Is for our our league that we're doing for journalism is we're gonna add two IR spots, right? Which for ESPN at least I know allows COVID on there. Okay, so yeah. if your player comes on with COVID, you can put them on an IR spot. And then, typically, I'd like to add a couple bench spots, right? So we're going to go from six to seven bench spots this year in that league, along with two IR spots. But in the other leagues that I'm in, sadly, I'm not the commissioner, so I'm stuck with Sid, with six bench spots only and no IR. So that's going to be a little bit tougher of a challenge to try and, you know, manage players out. Because obviously, if Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley, you know, if one of those players comes down with COVID, you're not going to drop them, right? So it could be a challenging situation, and my advice to any of you that are setting up your own leagues or you haven't drafted yet, talk to your commissioner. They're probably a reasonable guy. Hopefully they're a reasonable guy, and ask them to add some IR spots because it, it only makes sense. And if you don't know how an IR spot works, pretty much how it works is you get to pick up another player when your player is on IR, but when he comes back from injured reserve, then you have to drop that player that you picked up or another player from your roster. So I know in my one ESPN league, we have one IR spot, but our bench is still six. So with the, the bench spots and everything, do you think, I know it's only like bench players, so like they're not really starting, but do you think somehow that that could affect like like better your overall team in a way? Like it, having, having more bench spots, like uh, better affect your team? So yes and no. In terms of it depends on how you draft, right? If you're just going to go out and you're just going to take, like, Duke Johnson or something like that, like, that's not going to do you any good, right? He, he might give you a solid amount of fantasy points, right? He might be a, a running back three on some weeks in good matchups, but he's not going to win you your league. You want to find these high upside picks like James Conner, like Kareem Hunt from years past, you want to find that next guy, right? So it depends on how you use it. And this year, more than ever, if you are going to extra bench spots, I would draft a second quarterback, right? And I mean, obviously, it depends on how deep your team is for a second tight end. I'm not usually in a six bench league, I'm not drafting a backup quarterback, 
right? Just because the waiver wire, if you look at the numbers, if you stream a quarterback correctly 50% of the time, that's the same as having Dak Prescott or Patrick Mahomes, pretty much, right? So, and you can you can check out those numbers. I know that sounds like a crazy stat. But pretty much this year, right, with COVID, I might be taking a second quarterback just because you kind of want that production. So it just depends on your draft strategy. You want to try and find these high upside players in the later rounds. Because I know I always draft this uh, backup because I just – I I don't like playing the waiver wire game unless it's like for defensive kicker, but and usually they only use that backup quarterback for like the one week that your starters on by. So I mean, really doesn't matter, but it's just your personal your personal preference. Yeah, it's crazy. I can pull up the stats if you want on it, but if you look at you know your top five quarterbacks, usually they're only around fifty percent as a QB one, right? Putting up quarterback one numbers, and usually that's top ten or top twelve in the position, only fifty percent of the time. So if you can find one of those waiver wire options that does that, and I mean, even if you, you do it 30% of the time, you're still getting like Josh Allen production, and you're able to get a player in the 6th or 7th round that might benefit your fantasy team instead of, you know, taking that quarterback that's going to give you the same production that you could have got out of the waiver wire. I mean, like Ryan Tannehill, from when he took over, he was the quarterback too, right? From the time that he took over, in Tennessee, to the end of the season, he was the quarterback too. So, you can find these guys off the waiver wire. Yeah, I, I definitely like Daniel Jones off the waiver wire just because of his upside of rushing, and he bulked up over the year, over the off season, as we heard. But I just, we always see the top, the top uh, quarterbacks uh, as like Josh Allen, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, or like even Daniel Jones maybe this year as quarterbacks who have the upside of rushing we always see them as the top five quarterbacks compared to like a Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady who three arguably of the best uh, quarterbacks ever but they just don't right now don't have that rushing upside as we all like so I'm gone see I'm I'm not big on Daniel Jones at all right and it's not nothing to do with Daniel Jones's talent. You know he has rushing upside. Nothing with his weapons, right? It's just listen to the schedule, right? He starts game one against the Steelers, then they go to Chicago, then against the 49ers, three solid. Then against defenses. the Rams, and then the Cowboys are okay. Washington has a better defense. Eagles have a pretty good defense this year. Bucks have a pretty good defense this year, right? I mean, then Washington again. Like, I'm not going to start Daniel Jones until, like, week 12. Week 11 or week 12. So, like, you can draft him at the end of your league, and yes, he has terrific upside. It's just I can't see myself starting Daniel Jones against the Steelers, against the Bears, against the 49ers, or even against the Rams. Like, all those secondaries are amazing, and I just – I can't see myself doing it. I just don't feel like it's a great option. And if you do draft him, I just wouldn't draft him because you're going to find him on your waiver wire at week four. You can just pick him up then. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, Daniel Jones is definitely – it depends on how many, like, teams you have in your league. But, like, 10 to 12 is, like, average. But I'm not saying he's definitely – there's definitely 10 better names that you could have at your QB1 that have terrific upside more than him. I'm just saying he could be a good, like, one-week starter for your bye week for your – your uh, starter. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm just I'm talking here strictly as a as a starting quarterback. Uh, yeah. Dan- Daniel Jones could easily finish. 
honestly, I would not be surprised if Daniel Jones finished as a top 10 quarterback, a top 7 quarterback. It's just, honestly, if I'm going to take someone around that range, I'd rather have Cam Newton. Just because I feel like Cam Newton offers more of a floor just because he's constantly going to be running the football. And, you know, if he's able to stay on the field, he's able to stay healthy. You know, he's playing on this one-year contract. Bill Belichick's going to run him into the ground. And as we all know, quarterbacks that rush, Josh Allen, right, he, he has a terrible arm, right? He can't throw accurately. Well, he's a good, he's a cannon of an arm, but he can't throw accurate for his life. But he's still a top-six quarterback because of the rushing ability, right? So Cam Newton could easily do that, even at his age. And I, I would take him over Daniel Jones, taking Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan over, over Jones. Because the thing with Wentz is, Wentz was still a top 10 quarterback last year with literally every weapon in his offense getting injured. Now they draft Jalen Rager, whose speed is incredible. Deshaun Jackson's a field stretcher, right? Jeffrey's going to come back at some point. And you have Miles Sanders out of the backfield. You know, they should take a step forward. And honestly, you as of right now, you can get Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones right around the same price. Yeah. All right, so I got another question for you. Uh, it's kind of a weird question, but we already know, like, with players opting out, they had that opt-out date. But are there any players you won't be drafting because of their health concerns with corona? I don't, I don't know if you know any off the top of your head, but, like, any you can think of that you won't be drafting with because they think they highly could get corona. Uh, again, I'm not drafting anyone because I think that they could easily contract coronavirus. Like, obviously, what we saw in baseball with Mike Clevenger, right, when he wanted imparting. I mean, what needs to happen in the NFL is guys need to, guys need to hold other guys accountable, right? And I feel like the veteran guys are going to do that. Rookie guys are going to do that. But there are some players that I am going to be staying away of, not because I feel like they will contract coronavirus, but just because of the no preseason. I'm going to try and stay away as much as I can from rookie wide receivers. Because if you look at rookie wide receivers, in the last two years, only two wide receivers that were rookies finished in the top 24, right? And that was A.J. Brown and I believe Terry McLaurin, right? Both number one options on their team. And if you look at those scenarios right now, that's two guys out of how many that were drafted. So I'm not going to take the risk. I mean, obviously, if the cost comes to it and you want to take a guy like Henry Ruggs late or Jalen Rager late, I'm okay with it because those guys are the number one options on their team. I just can't really see myself drafting like CeeDee Lamb or Justin Jefferson yet just because rookies usually don't finish that high in standings and targets and receptions on a normal season they haven't even played an NFL snap yet right so they have to a one adjust to the NFL with no preseason with only 14 padded practices I feel like if you're gonna get any production out of the rookie receivers it's gonna be in the second half of the year and your casual leagues those players are gonna be dropped yeah, I don't, I don't know, like, other than maybe Henry Ruggs and uh, the other one you said was... Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. Uh, other than those two, because they're the number one options on their team, they're at low, at max, I give them my flex position. Because you could definitely, you can definitely have two better wide receivers and your wide receiver one and wide receiver two that have way more upside than both of those guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you could play him in some favorable flux week matchups. Like, for C.D. Lamb, like, you can make a case to draft him. Because if, I mean, hey, all these guys we're talking about are, are really talented. Right? Jerry Judy's really talented. I just don't see him having a path to success with Cortland Sutton there, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, all these weapons, uh, Noah Fant. Right? I, I just don't see a path to success there. You can make the case, though, with CeeDee Lamb, just because if Michael Gallup or Amari Cooper goes down, CeeDee Lamb is instantly a, 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 in the wide receiver two discussion just because there's no one behind him. So you, you can make the case for him. You can make the case for Ruggs. Right, it's just I don't feel like these guys could really be my week to week flex. Like in in my twelve team league, I have DJ Chark as my flex. Right, so there's no way I would be playing Ceedee Lamb or Jerry Judy over DJ Chark unless something significant happens. Right. As a as a fantasy manager, how do you how do you think this year will be different? I feel like it's going to be a lot more tedious. Right? I mean, I feel like the, the people that are committed to fantasy football are going to thrive this year. And so listen up. If you're just a casual fantasy player, if you put money in the league, if you want to win your league, listen up. Just check your lineup every day, manage your roster, get involved. Because there is going to be a player that comes with the flu to Sunday's game, and he has a fever, and he's ruled out because he has a fever. Right? And if you're not up at 10 a.m. on Sunday... Because you want to sleep in, well, there goes your starting wide receiver or running back, right? And it's almost inevitable that you're going to lose if you don't have a starting position in one of those two players. So you just kind of got to be alert and aware. You know, there's options that you can choose. You can get a, you can get optimizers in your lineup. Like I know if you pay for Fantasy Pros, they'll optimize your lineup. There's a thousand other sites that'll do it as well. You just have to plug it in. So if you don't feel like waking up at 10 a.m. on a Sunday, you can do that. But you're just going to have to keep an eye and manage things because with COVID and the testings every day, tests take a couple days to come in. You know, it's going to be an ever-changing scenario. And the people that are going to have to, people that are able to adapt are going to thrive in this situation. Kind of what you said with the testing every day is we've already seen, I think it was, two or three days ago we had what like 70 false positives in the nfl and it was like i think it was only like seven teams that had like 10 false positives but that that's you, what do you think about that and when we get to the actual games and having false positives and like you're like say say guy saquon gets a false positive and then he's out a week what, what do you think about that so i i feel like that's just the world we're in right now i feel like that's that's just the way things have been going right so obviously, if there's a false positive, I, the company—I forgot what the name of the, the lab was—but they said they're working on that so it doesn't happen again. Obviously, it would really suck for not just fantasy managers, but for a team as well. If a false positive happened, you already saw the scare, especially on a Sunday. If that would happen, right? Uh, there's nothing you can do about it, right? There's there's nothing you can do because we have to take this situation as seriously as possible. You can never assume that it really is a false positive because if you go out and you spread the disease to your team, then your whole season's pretty much over, right? You're postponing games. and If you look at the NFL schedule, there's there's not too many precautions for extra games to take place, 
right? I mean, there's a couple bye week scenarios and whatnot where teams could play. Like every team in week two has the same bye week, right? So they technically could play each other then. But outside of that, there's there's nothing you can really do, and you kind of just have to ride it out. And like I said, stay alert. So, well, we all as the NFL, I mean the NBA and the MLB have all came back, but the NBA and the NHL haven't had any. Uh, well, as I've known, they haven't had like an outbreak in cases, but the MLB has, and because they haven't been in a bubble, NFL is not going to be in a bubble. Are you worried about teams having multiple games suspended because of outbreaks because they're not in a bubble, like the NBA and the NHL, and we haven't had a, a suspension yet in those uh, leagues? Yeah, I mean, yeah. When I first heard, I'll admit it. When I first heard that the NFL was not going to go in a bubble, I was kind of disappointed. If you look at the logistics of it, right, and you have, like, a 90-man roster. I think it's 80 now, right? They cut it down a little bit. Yeah. But if you have a 90-man roster and you have to keep all these guys together in one area, it's impossible. It's tough. Baseball, you have 25 men, right? Basketball, I, I don't know what your roster size is. Like 15, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think it's, like, 15 or something like that. Right? That's doable. Football, just the logistics. I mean, you have guys that are special teams and whatnot, and you have to have 11 guys in the offense, 11 guys in the defense, first string, second string, third string, practice squad, right? It's it's not feasible, right? So what's going to have to happen is just players players have to hold each other accountable, right? I mean, obviously, if a Clevenger scenario happens where players are going out and partying and endangering their teammates, right, that's that's not going to be a good look for the NFL, and, you know, we might not have a season. Everything is so fragile right now. But from what I've seen with no positive tests so far from players is is really encouraging. There's been a couple from staff. But so far, it's been looking pretty good for the NFL. Obviously, we're going to see cases come up. Obviously, we're going to see star players go down. But... I, as concerned as I am that they're not doing a bubble, it's just not logistically possible. You know, in because there's some leagues there, uh, you you only you have a wide receiver one, a running back one, and then you have two flex positions. For those two flex positions, not based off of uh, like, let's say it's a non PPR league or point five or whatever, not based off of uh, what's the word like skill. Would you prefer to have a wide receiver or running back because of corona effects? Listen, so like, like the running backs during the backfield, they're when when we're like when they're on their uh, start, they're basically six feet apart from everyone. But when they're a wide when, when a wide receiver, they're cornerback. They're like one on one. So what what would your what would you play there? So I, I'm not concerned about that at all. You're not okay. because think about it. Right, all those guys are using the same training facility. All those guys are probably still hanging out to each other. They're all watching film together as an offense. If someone has corona, right, and is not immediately quarantined, the whole offense is going to get it, right? Or at least a good chunk of the offense is going to get it. That's what you see in the Cardinals, right? That's what you saw with the Marlins in baseball. So I'm not concerned about that, right? Because even with wide receivers, yeah, they might be 20 feet off to the side, right? But they're still getting tackled by another defender. And when you're getting tackled, there's about, I don't know, zero distance between you guys. Yeah. You can't socially tackle from six feet away, right? So I'm not concerned about that. But if you want to talk about positionally who I would rather start in the flex, is I would rather have running backs. Just because 
running backs are just way more consistent than wide receivers. Because if you look at the numbers, a solid running back will be above uh, running back one 50% of the time. So if you look at the top five running backs, and this is you can check this out, this stat out in one of my articles. If you if you check it out, the top five running backs from the position last year, I believe it was Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, trying to think of the other one, uh, Zeke, and it wasn't Kamara, but someone else snuck in there, right? All of those players was it Eckler? Might have been Eckler. Might have been Eckler. I'm not sure. All those players posted running back one numbers. More than 50% of the time. All of them. McCaffrey was like 92.8 or something like that. Something really- I think he had like one bad week at like, yeah. like 11.7 points. Because I think I, I think I played him that week. <laughs> <laughs> That's just McCaffrey. But other than that, they're all above 50%, right? And if we forget about Michael Thomas, because Michael Thomas was just extraordinary last year, mm-hmm. right? Every single wide receiver was only above 35%, right? or below, was below 35%, right? Mm. So if you look at consistency, running backs are not only more consistent, they score more points, they score more touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. A great receiving schedule for a great touchdown receiving year for a wide receiver is around 10, versus a running back, you can see it as 17, right? Yeah. So what? running backs just score more points, I'm more comfortable, you have to take them earlier, but at the same time, Wide receiver depth is much more deep than running back depth in fantasy football. All right, so I got one more question for you. This is kind of off topic of fantasy, but I just thought this would be a funny question to ask you with the uh, corona and stuff. How do you think touchdown celebrations will work with corona? Ooh. Oh, man. Just a, just a fun little so, question at the end. What do you think? Yeah. What do you so think? I'm probably thinking we're going to see a couple more dances. Maybe some socially distant. I have no clue, really. Maybe some hacky sack or something. I, maybe some basketball, air yeah, basketball. Maybe some basketball. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting. All I know is that was the greatest thing that the NFL did was bringing back those those touchdown celebrations, and hopefully we'll see we'll see Calvin Ridley scoring a bunch of those this year. So <laughs> yeah, that's a guy I'm really high on. But I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. The Steelers have some pretty good ones. Hopefully we'll see some more Bears touchdown celebrations this year. Seahawks always got something up their sleeve. Yeah, hopefully we'll see some out of DK Metcalf. and uh, (laughs) Basically your whole team. Yeah, basically my entire team. Yeah, every week. (laughs) All right, thank you, Jacob, for coming on. This was week one of the Prospector Fantasy Football Podcast. And tune in for week two where we have a new guest. Thank you and goodbye.